1: Fred Stella, President of the Interfaith Dialogue Association, and welcome to another edition of Common Threads. Today we have with us a gentleman who has been in the studio with us before. His name is Harry Koyman, and he is the Interim Director of the Michigan uh, Interfaith Alliance. And uh, Harry, we had you on about a year ago, correct? Almost a year ago, right? That's right. And Interfaith Alliance here in Michigan is a year old this month. Exactly. It's happy birthday. Yes, yes. For those of you who did not hear our broadcast about uh, one year ago, uh, let's talk about Interfaith Alliance. Uh, What is your mission?
2: Well, basically we are an organization that is out to promote civility in uh, public discourse. Uh, We are out to say that no one group speaks for any one particular religion. Uh, We are out to promote tolerance Uh, in different uh, groups of people that exist in our country. Uh, We basically want to support the Constitution as is without changing it and without saying that one religion is better than another. Hmm. So, uh,
1: contrary to what some people might think, you are not the successors to the Madeleine Murray O'Hare empire that is out to destroy religion as we know it in this country.
2: Oh, no. Uh, Our goal is basically the same as, I think, any uh, red-blooded American, and for that fact, most of the human race. We just want people to be able to live their lives without coercion uh, from any one group. If, for example, um, uh, you talked about Madeline Murray O'Hare, uh, she was basically an atheist. Now, at the Interfaith Alliance, we may have some atheists in there, but basically we're a group. Uh, that's nationwide, that have like about 50 different faith groups all represented. Um, we do not try to speak. For example, I myself am a Christian, but I don't pretend to speak for all Christians. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that we're trying to overcome, where the Christian coalition says this is the Christian thing to do. So uh,
1: Some people have identified you as the
2: liberal answer to the Christian Coalition. Speak on that. Is that, is that a valid uh, stamp? Uh, I, don't think, I don't think it's a valid stamp as such. I think there, is, there are conservative uh, members of different faith groups that are also concerned about a lot of the same things that the Christian Coalition and the other religious right organizations are concerned with. Uh, I, I think there are liberals in the group, uh, but I don't think it's predominantly liberal. I think if you were to ask people about their values, uh, you would have people that would be very conservative in their values. Uh, if you ask some ab- about their values, it would be very liberal. So I think we're a- an across-the-board kind of a group.
1: Mm-hmm. And you yourself are a member of the Reformed Church of America. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And do you find a fair representation in the RCA from the RCA in Interfaith Alliance?
2: Well. Um, there are some members of the RCA and the Interfaith Alliance. We've never really done a study as such. Um, we have a list of people that are member donors, but we don't have what their particular religious faith is. Um, we do have people that are on the boards, uh, the, board, the national board. It includes uh, anything from Protestants, Catholics, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, you name it. There's 50 different faith groups represented, so we're kind of across the board kind of a group.
1: All right. When you met with us last year, and you were just starting up here in Michigan, you had a, a, a membership of about 300?
2: Right. And that's grown just a little, hasn't it? Yes, it has. <laughs> it's up to 3,000 right now, and I think we're still growing. We have a, It's. I think it's a reaction to what a lot of people have seen over the past year, uh, a lot of vindictiveness on the part of the uh, religious right, uh, and almost a tendency to get out of the religious area and promote a particular brand of politics. And they they may say, well, this is the Christian way to vote, or this is the only true American way to vote, and you have to be a Christian to vote this way. And that's the kind of thing that I think has turned a lot of people off.
1: Mm-hmm. I've noticed in some more conservative periodicals that uh, especially ones that are specifically geared toward toward a Christian audience, mm-hmm. that there are some uh, areas that uh, kind of confuse me as to why they are pegged uh, religiously conservative. For instance, I can understand why the abortion issue may be something that's near and dear to the Christian conservative heart. Uh, why... Um, Uh, homeschooling might be, and all this. But it's amazing how they've also taken a a very hard stance on, say, gun control. I don't know what the Bible says about gun control or the lack thereof. I don't think there are guns around in the Bible.
2: (laughs) Okay. No? No, I don't think so. All right.
1: Um, And uh, taxes,
2: for instance. Yeah.
1: You know, which uh, certainly goes way across the board right. on religion. But it's interesting that they uh, certainly have not ignored
2: uh, the subject of taxes right.
1: on uh, in in their literature.
2: Right, I, and that I think is is one of the things that uh, concerns the Interfaith Alliance. Uh, that is a representation of a religious point of view and saying, well, if you are truly a and put whatever religious group you want in this thing. Uh, if you are truly a Christian, you should be for lowering taxes. Now, lowering taxes is one of these things that everybody says, hey, I'd like to have my taxes lowered. But they they almost make it a religious kind of a thing, whereas if you don't vote to lower my taxes, you couldn't be a very good American or a very good Christian or whatever your faith happens to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's more or less taking politics, put it into the religious realm, and vice versa. So... When you say, I mean, you're very cautious mm-hmm. not to
1: use the word Christian in ta- in talking about this particular subject, taxes, or, or whatever, mm. and to say you're not a very good whatever, fill in the blank, right. but we really are pretty much talking about Christianity here. I understand what you're probably doing is you're, you're setting a precedent right. so that if all of a sudden we have a very large uh, constituency of conservative Hindus, right you already have a a machine in place, if you will, to to deal with that issue, but isn't it primarily uh, conservative Christians that we are talking about in the country right now?
2: In the country right now? uh, You're correct. It's primarily Christians, but uh, if you watched Channel 35 last night uh, regarding uh, God Talks Back, it it was on a section called the 20th Century, Uh, there are religious groups in different countries that are all basically doing the same thing. And one of the things that struck me was that the rhetoric was very similar. Uh, For example, here, it was Christianity. However, if you went to India, India, it was the Nationalist Hindu Party. If you went to Iran, it was the uh, Shiite Muslim group. Mm -hmm. I had to think there for a minute uh, because of the different Muslim groups uh... so i think you're correct i think one of the things that we do not want to have happen is we do not want to have any one particular religious group say that okay we speak for all americans Um, and I, i think that's i think our constitution has always pointed that out to us we have a freedom of religion and uh... we each in our own way worship our own god however we please uh... it's not that and I think some people have said, well, we started out as a Christian nation, and I think that's more rhetoric than anything else. Uh, I think that if you do a study uh, of history of this country, I think you'll find out that a lot of our founding fathers were not Christians at all, but they were deists. And right. Right. So I think that's, that's one of the things that, that we have to watch out for, and uh, that is misinterpreting history. Mm-hmm. You are the interim director
1: for the Michigan chapter of Interfaith Alliance, so Correct. you cover the whole state. Correct. Do you travel quite a bit in, your, in this position?
2: Uh, I have traveled uh, east and south. I haven't really gone north that far. Uh, but I, as far as traveling goes, no, I'd say really not. I do a lot of work over the uh, Internet, uh, mm-hmm. emailing people and uh, asking for responses and things like this. So a lot of what we do is uh, basically email and Internet kind of things. What I wanted to do, my my plan for this particular program, was to talk about
1: the issues that are in front of voters, in front of citizens today. Let's talk about the state in particular for right now. Are are there any issues that are uh, really hot on the presses at this moment here in Michigan that you would encourage people to take a look at?
2: Well, I, I think one of the things that we're looking at right now is a hate crimes bill. Uh, today, even as we speak, on, on this is the 29th of June, the uh, Congress is debating a, a hate crimes bill. And uh, the religious right has basically taken the tack that uh, this is going to infringe on our religious liberties if we promote this hate crimes bill. Uh, the state in the past... Uh, has gone uh, and tried to pass a hate crimes bill. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you at this particular point where that sets, but I'm sure it's going to come up again. It, it never became a law.
1: Any idea what, how they formed their opinion? How did conservative evangelicals think that a hate crimes law could infringe on somebody's right, religious
2: right? Well, I think uh, basically basically comes from, for example, Gary Bauer and the, the Family Research Council, uh, literature that they sent out basically told people that their rights were going to be taken away uh, if their congressperson voted for this. Um, I think I remember the, uh, the
1: reasoning on that. There's the idea that if a, a minister in a church gets up and in a sermon says that homosexuality
2: is a sin, that that could be constituted as hate crime. Do you yeah.
1: recall that as being
2: correct? I think that was one of the things that was brought out. Um, and I, I think that's one of the things that we have to watch out for. Uh, if, if a particular religion says that homosexuality is wrong, that's fine as far as that, that particular religion goes. Uh, we have freedom of religion in this country, but we also have human rights in this country. Uh, I can recall when I was a, a young man, I was in the military and I was stationed down south. Now, this may tell you how old I am, uh, but those, these are in the days of segregation. And one of the things that struck me uh, was whenever I asked for an explanation of why things were segregated in the south, I was always given the biblical example of the book of Genesis where Ham looked upon his father Noah who was naked and God cursed Ham. And the people that I spoke to down south, very honest, very sincere people, honestly believed that this was the curse of Ham upon the black person. And uh, they weren't, uh, they didn't see it as bigotry at the time. They saw this as something that was quite natural, quite common. And I think that's one of the things that we have to watch out for. Uh, that we do not take our religious beliefs and then transpose them into um, our own personal political beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we are, after all, a democracy. Each person has their human rights in this country, and uh, we should always remember that. Right. I remember an
1: example I read recently, and I think it speaks quite clear to this subject. If someone goes up to a uh... synagogue in the in the middle of the night and takes spray paint and scrawls uh, john loves mary that's that's vandalism mm-hmm. uh... but if someone sneaks up in the middle of the night and spray paints uh... on the uh, synagogue swastikas should the, should the one crime be equivalent to the other should the person who gets nabbed for the john loves mary um, or a smiley face or something that's uh, uh, pretty benign, should that person face the same charges as the person who, who uh, spray-paints swastikas on a synagogue?
2: Well, I, th- I think one of the points that you have to remember is that John loves Mary is a rather benign kind of a thing. It was meant maybe to show that John really loved Mary. That was a kind of a positive thing done in a very, maybe a, a, a way that should not have been done. That's and obviously vandalism. criminal. Obviously criminal. But on the other hand, when you take and you spray paint swastikas, you are sending the people that attend that synagogue a message. And that that message is that, boy, we wish those Nazis would have gotten rid of you back in the 1940s. And that is hate. And that's where the line is drawn. Not so much in the spray painting, but in the message that is sent.
1: Right, right. Another thing, too, is that I've heard that the argument against the hate crime bill is that uh, we shouldn't penalize somebody by what they are thinking. If I hit you because I'm mad at you, uh, that's, that's virtually the same thing as hitting you because you're white. And they say, hey, you, well, you got hit one way or another. Why mm-hmm. should one be a hate crime and the other
2: uh, be um, uh, just assault and battery? Okay. Uh, if you hit me because, because I am white, uh, that is obviously a hate crime. If you hit me because you just happen to disagree with me, you know, like, uh, Fred, I wish you hadn't done that. Harry, I'm having a bad day today. Pow, you hit me. That's different than hitting me uh, than if I, let's say, let me back up here. It's different if you hit me for a particular reason, not because of who I am. Do you understand? Right. Yes, I do. And uh, that, that's one of the things that we have to watch out for, too, is that uh, we understand the difference between just a plain old fight right. and hitting somebody because they are a, of a particular uh, lifestyle or a particular color. Particular and, and we religion.
1: already have, we have laws on the books that already uh, address how we think mm-hmm. in terms of committing a crime. Because if I, um, let's say I actually murder you, if I murder you on the spot because I just found out that uh, you've uh, been with my wife, uh, I would be tried in a totally different way than if they, fi- if the jury or if the prosecutor found out that I've been planning your murder for weeks. Correct. Premeditation is a, is a higher degree of murder than a crime of passion. Exactly. So we already acknowledge that what's going on in your brain affects how you will be charged. Right. So it makes sense that uh, hate crime legislation has a precedent.
2: Yep. Exactly. I think uh, if you look at the uh, the present civil rights laws, I think if you look, you'll find out that you cannot uh, go after somebody because of their religion, because of their race, because of their ethnicity. Uh, And I think that's one of the things that we've already have on the books. That's one of the things that we have to recall. I think looking back at it, for example, you say, God, Harry, you know, uh, this is terrible. Somebody's beating up on you because you are, and you can put anything in there. That is wrong. You understand? Yes. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Uh, let's go on to some national issues. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left in the program. What, uh, what's in the cooker right now?
2: Well, the big thing right now is the uh, hate crimes prevention bill.
1: Now, that's in that state we're talking about.
2: Uh, no, that's national. I'm sorry, that, that's, that's national. national, right. Yep, The uh, national is going on today, okay. even as we speak. Uh, the hate, hate crimes of the state uh, was, uh, I don't remember exactly when it took place, but it was um, uh, within the past year, obviously, and uh, that whether it made it out of committee and onto the floor of the House, I, I couldn't tell you at this particular point, uh, but I know it never got anywhere. Um, the national bill is being debated right now. And uh, after the program, obviously, we'll find out how it went.
1: Right. Okay. Um, I noticed that Ralph Reed was talking about you on on CNN recently. Uh, I hope he wasn't talking about me. <laughs> Maybe about Interfaith Alliance. Yes. <laughs> yes, he yep. was. Uh, and apparently, he had a few things uh, a few things wrong. I believe he pegged you as being uh, an arm of the Democratic Party. Could oh, you uh, speak to what? What he said?
2: Uh, there, ha- there have been accusations uh, that the, the Interfaith Alliance is an arm of the Democratic Party. Well, basically, what uh, happened was that when the Interfaith Alliance was started up, the Democratic Party did contribute some funds to the Interfaith Alliance, uh, but that was just a startup thing. We have no connections with the Democratic Party. There may be Democrats. I know there are Republicans in the interfaith alliance. There are independents. So we really are not an arm of the Democratic Party at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And would you say that the people
1: who uh, are in the interfaith alliance uh, have, have any particular, oh, how should I put this? Do they have any particular grudge against any particular Organization.
2: Uh, grudge? No, I think that's probably a wrong word. I th- I think what we're trying to do is to s- to counter uh, the effects of what the Christian Coalition and what the other religious right organizations are are doing. Uh, but I think "grudge" is a poor word. I-, I think it's just a reaction to what they are doing, and, and uh, I don't mean to imply that we're a reactionary organization. We we do. Uh, promote civility we do promote tolerance uh, we're kind of a broad based kind of a, an organization but grudges no okay okay uh, what other projects uh, do you want to talk about that uh, you've got well let's see you've got uh, working Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we ha- recently had the Walter Cronkite award that was um, handed out this is an annual kind of event and it was handed out to two individuals a Reverend Chris and to uh, Miss Donna Redwing. Uh, These are two individuals. Uh, You may have recalled that a little more than two years ago, uh, U.S. District Judge Ira DeMent said that the Ten Commandments could not hang in this uh, certain judge's courtroom. And there was quite a brouhaha about this now. It's one thing if you and I have a disagreement, we can disagree on it. But once our disagreement gets to the yelling stage, all reason is pretty much gone. Uh, Chris Doss, uh, rather than arguing um, against what uh, was being done by the, uh, the former governor of Alabama went out and educated the public in kind of a rational, a kind of a calming way and explained to them rather than screaming at them, look it's a law, you've got to obey the law. So he was basically uh, promoted for the Walter Cronkite Award because of the fact that he did promote the civil attitude. Uh, Donna Redwing is the National Field Director of the Human Rights Commission and she pioneered the inclusion of people of faith in human rights advocacy including a developing uh, a groundbreaking interfaith service uh, that includes uh, people that are gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgendered individuals, uh, to promote that kind of a feeling. And, and I, I think I want to clarify right here that we're not talking necessarily about endorsing a particular lifestyle. We're me- merely saying that people are individuals they're humans and therefore should be treated as humans not to be bashed or castigated in any way just because of uh, who they are what lifestyle they choose Mm -hmm. why is it a Walter Cronkite award well Walter Cronkite was one of the first people that spoke out uh, against the religious right and said look this is absolutely crazy Um, we shouldn't be promoting a particular religion and saying that this if you are not of a partic- this particular religion, then you can't be much of a person. Uh, uh, Walter Cronkite believes in the First Amendment uh, the freedom of religion, and he saw that by going down the slippery slope that the religious right is promoted, uh, we would soon lose our religious freedom.
1: There are people on the, uh, what is termed the religious right, the conservative evangelical uh, uh, span of the spectrum, that are saying that well, you know, let's rethink this. Let's, uh, maybe we shouldn't be as politically motivated as we have been. Have you uh,
2: heard of such people? There's a, a Yes, I, I think that um, the Free Congress Foundation, uh, after the last election and after the uh, uh, President Clinton's trial, said, okay, we do not have a moral majority. Uh, so let's hold That's back. That's Paul Weirich. Paul Weirich, correct, correct mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Uh, Let's hold back and let's keep our powder dry and let's, you know, back into our little holes for a while. Uh, There have been a a number of people, obviously, that have said, no, 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 we can't do that. Um, I think that uh, one of the people that has spoken out uh, involving religion and politics is uh, the uh, minister of Calvary Church in her own town of Grand Rapids here, and he and Cal Thomas, uh, syndicated columnist, have written a book uh, regarding um, not getting involved in uh, political affairs through religion, and I don't think they mean to negate the fact that we as individuals shouldn't get involved in politics. It just should not have a particular label. If I, as a Christian, want to vote for a liberal candidate, that's fine. If If... Somebody else of, of, of the Christian religion wants to vote for a different candidate, that's fine, too. But we shouldn't get involved in saying, well, this is the only correct candidate to vote for because this is this guy is a real good Christian, da-da-da-da-da. You mentioned before
1: that you were a member of the Reformed Church in America. Correct. Do you ever hear anything from the pulpit or through newsletters, other media, from the leadership of the RCA which either supports
2: what you are doing or negates what you are doing? Uh, you mean working with the Interfaith Alliance? Yes. Uh, not really. Uh, we, the RCA is not a political kind of a, a denomination. Uh, and one of the reasons is because of the large diversity that we have in the Reformed Church, politically speaking and also uh, from the uh, spiritual spectrum. We have conservatives, we have liberals. Okay. Uh,
1: Listen, we're out of time right now, Harry. I'd like you to give the address, phone number, and website, email, whatever you want for Interfaith Alliance here in Michigan.
2: Well, we we don't have a website as such. You can email me at zekeflash at aol.com, that's Z-E-K-E-F-L-A-S-H at aol.com. The Interfaith Alliance does have a website, all you have to do is type in TIA. Uh, .org after www and I'm sure you'll get there.
1: Okay, and a phone number.
2: Uh local telephone number 957-1687.
1: Great. Harry Coyman has been my guest from the Michigan Chapter of Interfaith Alliance. I'm Fred Stella and Harry, I want you back next week. We will continue this conversation. Okay, thank you. And thank you for joining us here at Common Threads on
0: WGVU. Common Threads is a production of WGVU in cooperation with the Interfaith Dialogue Association. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the station, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University. In many cases, the participants on this program represent themselves and may not be designated spokespeople for the faiths they represent. Send questions and comments by email through our website www.interfaithdialogueassociation.org. Thank you for listening, and join us again next week for another edition of Common Threads.
1: Welcome to Common Threads. My name is Fred Stella, President of the Interfaith Dialogue Association. Last week, we started our conversation with Harry Coyman. Harry is a part of an organization called the Interfaith Alliance. I'd like to draw a bit of a distinction, a line of distinction, between the Interfaith Dialogue Association and the Interfaith Alliance. The Interfaith Dialogue Association is made up of people, clergy, lay people, uh, of variety of world religions and we host lectures and discussion groups uh, interfaith prayer services and our goal is mainly education we want people to understand uh, what makes other people around the world seek transcendence through their ritual their doctrine and their culture Uh, the interfaith alliance is more political than the Interfaith Dialogue Association. However, we still share certain common goals. We may address these issues differently, but nonetheless, we feel that the Interfaith Alliance is a very important organization. We had Harry Coyman on about a year ago when uh, Michigan first formed their chapter, and we wanted him back again to discuss uh, what has happened in the past year and where Michigan's Interfaith Alliance is going. Uh, Harry, uh, lives here in West Michigan. He's a property manager at the Westtown Jubilee Home, housing rather. Uh, he is a member of the Reformed Church in America and attends Ada Community Reformed Church. And he is currently the interim director of Michigan Interfaith Alliance. And last year when we spoke to Harry, Michigan Interfaith Alliance had 300 members uh, 300 500? 300. 300, and now it's 3,000 members. 3,000 pretty impressive. Harry, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. We were talking about the issues that are important to Interfaith Alliance these days, and um, we talked about the hate hate crimes legislation and uh, a few other things. I wanted to talk about the Littleton, Colorado tragedy, because that really has brought all sorts of outrageous uh, political behavior out of the woodwork and um... so now we're talking about prayer in school which we haven't heard for uh, about in a long time uh... we're talking about posting the ten commandments uh... it seems that everybody is blaming the fact the the so-called fact that we kicked jesus out of the schools mm-hmm. so many years ago uh... and this has caused uh... the tragedies of littleton of Jonesboro. Uh, all the other little towns that uh, escape me at the moment. So what is Interfaith Alliance's response to the response?
2: Well, I I think one of the things that everyone has to recognize is that Littleton was and remains a tragedy. Uh, Could it have been avoided? Uh, That's speculation at this particular point. I'm sure that there's plenty of blame to go around, uh, but I think the uh, reaction that some people have to Littleton is a little little bit extreme uh... when we start talking about posting the ten commandments i think in classrooms and in other public places i think uh, cal thomas who is a syn- syndicated columnist uh... who I who i disagree with quite often hit the nose right on the head he said uh, putting the ten commandments in every classroom is kind of like putting a talisman around your neck to ward off cancer uh, I don't know how much good it will actually do. Uh, I would oppose posting the Ten Commandments uh, just because I think it violates the Constitution. Uh, This is a nation of many religions, not just one or two, but many. And I think once we start posting the Ten Commandments, I think we're asking for problems. Uh, The problems being, for example, if you are not a Christian or not a Jew, uh... how does this affect you uh... are you offended by this uh... what we, what will your reaction be uh... as a christian i would i would be offended that the ten commandments are in the classroom i wouldn't have any problem with them in my own home or in the church but in the classroom or in a public building yes because that sim- symbolizes the fact that this country or this school district endorses one particular religion and did you know that there uh are different commandments
1: between the Protestants and the Catholics? Yes, and between the Jews. That's there's right.
2: Three different kinds of uh, Ten Commandments. Yep, yep. yep. So, so, which ones do you put up? That's that's a good question. I th- I think uh, we have to remember that even in the Judeo-Christian religions, as as people would point out, uh, there is even diversity there. Which one mm-hmm. do we put up? The one. That Roman Catholics use, the one that Protestants use, the one that Jews use. Um, which one? Is it a toss-up? You know? So that's that's one of the negative items. Um, I think I think Dr. Walton Gaddy, who's our executive director at the national level level, said it best when he t- said um, if they wanted to legislate commandments, they should adopt two that people of faith and goodwill expect of elected leaders in government. Number one, thou shalt not politicize the Ten Commandments for partisan purposes. And number two, thou shalt not manipulate religion or religious expression for partisan gain. And I think that pretty much says it. I think that's what's happening right now. Uh, Some people want to um, politicize this whole tragic event, and uh, I don't think that should happen at all. Sure. And we can say pretty much the same thing about prayer in school. Exactly. They're, They're...
1: Moving both of these issues concurrently, and they think that if they have uh, the teacher uh, lead a prayer or a prayer over the PA system, that all of a sudden these, these wayward children will see the light and exactly.
2: <laughs> become Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. Right. Uh, and and I think I I taught school for nearly 30 years, And uh, one of the things that I never stopped my students from doing is I never stopped them from praying when it was appropriate. If they wanted to sit down at a meal and pray, that was fine. But if I said, boys and girls, it's time to bow our heads in prayer and please join me, that would be wrong. Uh, If somebody did not want to pray, that's fine. But I think when the state, whether it's teachers, principals, or what have you, gets involved... Suddenly, we're legislating morality, we were legislating religion. And I think that should be the job of the home and the church, right. not, not the schools. There still are, from what I gather, quite a few schools
1: around the country who basically break the law and, and have a teacher led
2: prayer or a prayer over the PA system. Are you aware of that? There are some, yes. Uh, a lot of them are down south and some of the southern districts that we have. Um, and I. I don't know what the uh, the reaction will be by the federal by the federal courts, but I I do know that there are some down south.
1: Yeah, I just read an article. It's very very tragic about a lone Jewish family in I believe it was Alabama. Alabama, correct? Yeah, yeah. and the absolute hell that those kids and parents went through because they had to sit through that or or, or leave. And be taunted, physically abused by the kids, and I know the, the response from the school was,
2: well, why don't you just all convert? You're right. Yep, and that's, and that's the kind of thing that uh, that we, uh, in the Interfaith Alliance, worry about. Uh, you might say, well, this is a majority religion. Ninety nine point nine nine percent of these people may very well have been Christians, but what do you do with that one family? Do you taunt? Do you drive them? Absolutely crazy trying to get them to convert, tell them that they're going to hell because they're Jews I think not I think uh, I think it's in the best interest of everyone in this country to say okay you have your religion and if you want to worship God in your own way or not worship God because we don't want to exclude atheists and say, well you're no good because you don't have any religion uh, I think that would be wrong. I think we want to encourage people to worship God in their own way or not worship God in their own way. Mm-hmm.
1: Would you agree that many school districts, many teachers, many administrators, got it wrong and misunderstood the Supreme Court ruling of nineteen sixty two and and overkilled? this this whole notion of prayer in school or Bible clubs and all that?
2: Yeah, definitely. I I think that people have to realize that uh, there is a freedom of religion in schools where students can bring their Bibles to school. Uh, Obviously, if you're having a lesson in history, uh, the student is not expected to pull out the Bible and suddenly start reading the Bible. Or uh, if the student says, uh, I want to stop this lesson in English right now and I want to offer up a prayer. That's inappropriate. But I think that uh, any other time the students could worship God however they pleased. Uh, I, I think it was a knee-jerk reaction because some people said, well, you can't mention God at all. And that's not true. The Supreme Court never said that. The Supreme Court said the state has no business doing this. Right. But at the same time, you cannot teach religion excuse me you cannot teach history without talking about religion religion formed history correct absolutely but i think endorsing a particular endorsing a particular religion is wrong exactly i mean i i am i'm a christian i hold i make no bones about it however if i got up in front of my class and said look the only way to get to heaven is by being a christian i would be offending people now, you might say, well, Christianity should be an offensive religion uh, if if you read the scripture. Uh, however, if I want to proselytize outside my classroom, and I'm not talking about school grounds, I'm talking about in my home, um, that's fine. I think we have that right. Uh, however, when I have a captive audience and want to proselytize, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would... I would encourage people to realize the difference.
1: I think I recall about uh, two or three years ago, the Clinton administration came out with a a handbook. It it, it essentially explained what the Supreme Court ruling said, what the Constitution says, and, and here is the reality, that you can do this. You you cannot do the other what you were saying. You right. cannot stand up in front of uh, the the class and say uh, here's here's religion, right. but that you can have the Bible clubs. You can have you can it, and there's also a movement. And I understand there may be some subversion going on here, a, a hidden agenda. But there's an awful lot now of
2: uh, teaching the Bible as literature. There's um, uh, there was a school district I think it was down at Fort Myers, Florida, that uh... tried to do that um, they had a one-year uh... bible class um, it was in lee county Florida. uh... what happened in the meantime though it created such a brouhaha in that particular locale that the the school board members that promoted that were voted out and now there the the bible class or whatever you want to call it uh... is no more as far as as far as i, I know mm. Uh, but those those are the kinds of things that get people riled up, and uh, you know h- have a tendency to divide us as a community and as a nation. Sure, sure. Another
1: issue that's uh, hot on the presses right now is uh, Bob Barr's uh, <laughs> infamous statements about the Wiccan religion in the army or in the armed forces in general. What do you know about that?
2: Well, it, he is uh, asking. And through uh, Paul Wyrick, uh, also uh, asking that conservative Christians not join the armed forces because uh, in Fort Hood, and I think I believe it's in Texas, uh, there is a group of Wiccans uh, who are basically worshiping uh, in their own way, uh, and uh, Wiccans uh, may have been called witches in the past. Uh, Bob Barr. Falsely accuses them of being Satanists, uh, which they are not. And he said, "Well, if we're going to have this, we shouldn't have any Christians going into the armed forces." Uh, to the to the tribute of the 96 chaplains that are on board on uh, Fort Hood, all of them uh, have affirmed the right of the Wiccans to worship in the way that they please. They the Wiccans are not taking any tax money since they do not have a chaplain as such. Uh, they basically worship at night. They worship out of doors uh, rather than in a chapel. Uh, and I, I think that the uh, the army, once again, is, is way ahead of the rest of us in saying, this is freedom of religion. Uh, you worship your God in the way that you see fit. Uh, it's not harming anybody. It's not damaging anybody. If, if I said, well, suddenly we have to have human sacrifices to satisfy our God, I, I, I'm sure there would be some... Some uh, uproar made about that, but these people are basically uh, uh, worshiping nature. Right. And uh, so they, I feel, and I think most other Americans feel, that they have a right to worship in the way that they please.
1: Yeah. I
2: remember the last
1: presidential campaign, Uh, Pat Buchanan uh, was attempting to wedge us, if you will by talking about the judeo-christian ethic being subverted by as he put it and this is very close to a quote those people who worship dirt which uh, is a reference to the nature religions the to paganism uh... you could even expand that to hinduism and buddhism sure. actually i'd love to know what mister Barr would with uh, how he would comment on say hindus in the army because their uh, ritual is uh, is pagan. I mean, th- no bones about right. it. It is a pagan uh, uh, religion, um, and their their ritual is so vastly different from Judeo-Christian worship that I- I- chances are, if he saw Hindu worship, he would probably say the same thing, except that it would be less uh, politically expedient because there's uh, a lot more Hindus, maybe not in his district, but right. nationally, right. than there are Wiccans. is is my guess. Uh, so how, is the Interfaith Alliance actually involved in this particular subject of, uh, the Wiccans in the army?
2: Uh, at this point, I would have to say that they're not involved, but I'm sure that there will be, uh, some kind of a, um, uh, press release brought out on this, um, just as there were on other occasions, uh, when suddenly, uh, Uh, Things happened where people were showing intolerance, especially governmental and and religious leaders. Uh, I I think that there may be a press release coming out of this, but I wouldn't swear to it. Okay. Just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we
1: learned about, in the city of Sacramento, California, that three synagogues were torched, I believe, in one night. And actually, this is uh, a... Uh, I almost said a fairy tale. That would be incorrect, but uh, it's a little bit of joy in the midst of tragedy because of the way the community responded. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, I mean, we again, three, three three synagogues were torched, right? And it just so happened, wasn't there a convention? It was a Methodist United convention.
2: Methodist Church was having a convention in Sacramento, California, at that particular time, right? uh when the three synagogues were firebombed um or they were torched i i, I think uh, basically the fires were set they were arson rather than a bomb thrown through a window um, what happened was that uh there was going to be uh jewish worship service at a theater or some larger place and uh the uh the individuals didn't expect many people to show up at all uh... maybe hundred and twenty five and i think several thousand showed up uh... for this particular service now these are not all all people of the jewish faith but people right across the spectrum from christians to uh... harry Krishna and i I'm, I'm sure there's other religions that were involved in coming to this and i think basically what happened was that there's a reaffirmation that uh... these the people uh, of the Jewish faith had a right to worship in the way that they pleased regardless of uh, what they believed Uh, this is an American tradition it's something that we all hold near and dear we want to make sure that everybody has the right to worship their God in the way that they please and nobody should take that right away from anybody in this country hopefully around the world but uh, obviously that's going a bit too far right now Right, right. And you uh, we were talking about the, the Methodists. Right. They responded in an amazing way. Right. Uh, the, the Methodist Convention took up a collection and gave the Jewish congregation $6,000, I believe it was. Right. So it was a dollar right. amount for rebuilding their uh, synagogues. And I think that says an awful lot about people of faith. And I, that's one of the things that the Interfaith Alliance tries to promote, too. The 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 good things that happen by people of faith, uh, regardless of whether you're Hare Krishna, uh, Jewish, Buddhist, Hindu, what have you, uh, generally, people of faith do see each other as human beings and, and of children of God. All right, All right. Um, you're having a rally. You're you're trying to put together a rally. I hear called "Stop the Hate." Stop the hate. Yes, exactly. It's it should take place on October seventh of this year. Uh, The details are not, or they're being formulated right now, but they're not finalized. Um, It may be a statewide thing, or it may be at several different locales throughout the state. Um, It's put together uh, by the Interfaith Alliance and several other organizations um, that basically um, refer to, to stopping the hate violence, uh, acts of violence motivated by hatred at persons uh, in a targeted group. And that hate is generally directed at persons because of a particular characteristic. Uh, it could be because somebody's hair is black. But I think we mentioned this in the previous program that uh, when you single out people for who they are, not what they have done, but for who they are, uh, that in, that's indicative of a hate crime. And I, I think that one of the things that we have to learn too is that hate doesn't suddenly become hate. It, we start off with being uh, intolerant of another person's religion. You know, this is a heathen religion. Oh, these people are terrible. And, and stories are made up about uh, worshiping devils and all the rest of this. And I believe that kind of thing promotes hatred. Just being intolerant of how you or I worship. Uh, leads to the next step up. Uh, And then the final step is obviously what went on in Kosovo and that's ethnic cleansing just to kill you because of who you worship or what you worship. You know, these things are wrong and I think that uh, uh, what we're trying to do here is to promote an attitude of tolerance and of civility of, of recognizing people as being human beings regardless of who they are as long as they are not uh... harming another individual you know uh... if suddenly i said well my religion says fred i'm gonna beat the daylights out of you because that's part of my religion obviously i'm harming you at that particular point but if i say fred i'm going to worship uh... god in this corner here and i'm just gonna talk to the corner uh, that's harming no one and so that's i think we have to draw a distinction there Uh, there's a lot of individuals right now that are being picked on because of their lifestyle uh, homosexuals, for example, whether you agree or disagree with their lifestyle uh, that 's up to you but to single them out and say these people are wrong they 're worthless they 're not human beings they 're being singled out because of their particular lifestyle, and um, you know we feel that 's wrong right there there is a response from the more
1: conservative uh, end of Religious spectrum, saying that now the gay movement is intolerant of
2: religion. Do you see any? Do you see any evidence of that? Uh, you mean uh, of of the gay movement being intolerant of religion? Yes. Uh, no, I don't. I I, I think of anything um, of the different. Uh, people that, that I know that are in the homosexual lifestyle, they're probably more religious and more tolerant um, of others religion because I think they I think being bashed and I think I'll, I'll refer to that the attitude that some people have is gay bashing because these individuals are bashed they become more sensitive to the fact that what human rights are uh, but I don't see them going after religion as such and saying well, we're gonna bash the religion. I don't see that at all. Do you think that uh, in the coming year,
1: you see uh... this growth in interfaith alliance here in Michigan continuing. You say you've gone from three hundred to three thousand in in one year. Right. Uh, and how do you advertise? how How do people find out about you?
2: Uh, really, it's by word of mouth. Uh, we have. Uh, the Internet, somebody may uh, get onto the Interfaith Alliance at the Internet. Uh, some, somebody at the national office refers these people to me, and uh, then I contact them by mail or through the Internet. Um, others, it's somebody goes to a church and says, hey, this is a good gr- group or good organization to get involved with, and, and these are the objectives of this organization. Let's try it. Do you so it's have, mainly by word of mouth. Yeah.
1: Do you have churches that uh, encourage participation? I
2: mean, uh, we have churches that uh, I want to say advertise. I mean, yeah. there's there's flyers and brochures out there. Uh, has anyone from the pulpit said we think you ought to join the Interfaith Alliance? I can't say that they've done. No, there. I don't. Yeah, mean, just right. simply, uh, j- just by having your brochure in the vestibule. Right. Uh, you know, it it it's encouraging if exactly. you will right. participation. Right, and you do have that in we some have churches. Some, yeah, we have some churches that do that. They'll mm-hmm. post things on the bulletin board and things like this. Mm-hmm. And if anyone does want to get in
1: contact with you, why don't we uh, start giving those uh, email addresses and all that?
2: Okay, we don't. We do not have a Michigan uh, website as such. If you want to get on the Interfaith Alliance website, it's www.tia.org. That's the national. That's the national. Uh, the the local. You can get in contact with me at zekeflash.aol.com. at aol.com. That's Z E K E F L A S H dot aol. Excuse me at aol.com if uh... somebody wants to call me at my home my telephone number is nine five seven one six eight seven that's in the grand rapids area real quick we just have a few seconds has anyone uh,
1: from the other side of the spectrum challenged you uh... Or challenged the organization
2: here locally uh... not here locally but in lansing we've had challenges that i responded to by uh... writing the editor of the lansing state journal um, basically implied that just because you if you weren't a member of the christian coalition you couldn't call yourself a christian no. and the interfaith alliance was just 130 million churchgoers and not affiliated with any particular uh branch all right harry it's uh, been wonderful to have you here
1: today and i wish you the very best for the coming year and uh, we will talk again in the future My name is Fred Stella with the Interfaith Dialogue Association, and I thank you so very much for joining us, and I hope you'll do the same next week
0: right here on WGVU. Common Threads is a production of WGVU in cooperation with the Interfaith Dialogue Association. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the station, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University.